0: Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorn, action movie screenwriter.
1: And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster.
0: And Together, we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard.
1: Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a
0: roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere.
1: Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies, and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre.
0: So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard... Ooh, very nice. ...then Die Hard on a Blank is for you! Yes, you, personally!
1: Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece, Die Hard, dropped December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line.
0: Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho.
1: Hello, one listener. This is Liam Billingham. Before we jump into the episode, uh, just a quick trigger warning. If you are a fan of 1999's Boston-set Troy Duffy-directed film, The Boondock Saints, you may want to skip this episode and come back next week. There's a little bit of um, controversial talk about that piece of shit film in this episode. Otherwise, I would please ask you to make sure... That you are subscribed to this podcast. Maybe you're a fan of A Woman Under the Influence. I get it. Maybe you're a fan of the Boondock Saints. I don't know why you'd be listening. But regardless, if there's any chance that you are not subscribed to this show, please give us a review and rate and subscribe. Please write a review. we really, really helpful. We've, we have had a nice little sharp uptick in reviews, and now we've had a downtick in reviews. I'm assuming it has something to do with the Boondock Saints lobby. Um, guys, listen that movie is putrid. It's f- fucking awful. And I've been saying this for 20 years, and I feel like I found my soulmate in George Fragopoulos because he also thinks that movie is a piece of shit. Regardless, rate, review, subscribe. Um, please tell your friends about our podcast. If you know someone who's ever mentioned John Cassavetes, let them know we have a show. Please. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'm Liam
0: Billingham. I'm George Fragopoulos. And this is Uberbusters. oh shit did i watch i thought we were talking about well um i only make that joke and i use parentheses because i continue i think i texted you like three or four times saying like are we watching what are we watching next time women on the verge you did that no
1: just one time (laughs) i tell you when i but i
0: but in my brain (laughs) that's how for for the longest fucking time i thought that's that's uh, you know my, my
1: first my well two things first when i went to buy it on amazon last night or rent it Boo. Um, in the Boo Bezos, in the related titles, you know what came up as something you could uh, buy and watch immediately? What? A little film called The House That Jack Built.
0: Oh my, is that already the available? OD,
1: yes. Only $6 to rent. To rent. So I didn't do it. A that. bargain. I was kind of like, mm, I made a lot of proclamations about not watching this thing. <laughs> and that's I'd only like, like a dollar
0: of brutal murder.
1: Uh, That's probably accurate. That's how the bathroom um, out I believe. That. Second thing What A woman under the influence Of what Oh deep Oh deep um, So 1974
0: 1974 Predates A um, oh, uh, woman under A <laughs> woman on the verge Of a nervous breakdown <laughs> If well, that's pretty much. Um, predates the year nineteen seventy five.
1: Predates nineteen seventy five. Pre. Uh, good year for follows. Uh, hus- many and Moskowitz.
0: follows many Moskowitz.
1: Predate precedes Chinese bookie. Oh yes, no, wait! Chi- oh, China- oh, I, China- I think it's Chinese bookie. So, but we what we do know is that it follows many and Moskowitz.
0: But this is all also building up to um, Casavetti's Infinity War, which <laughs> is the last. Which is the well, most Also
1: starring Josh Brolin Well, yeah, And all
0: that As a thick uh, Thanos What would that Do you say of... Thanos or Thanos? Thanos?
1: Thanos I just rewatched it On the holiday break Did you? And? Oh, uh, it's great It holds up so well So
0: we Yes we watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life Groundhog Day And <laughs> Infinity War Did you really watch Infinity War? No I did not It holds up it's, You told me it holds better up Better
1: the second time Yeah um, But that's neither here nor there um. Yeah. Uh. So I'd seen this one before. I'd only seen this one and Husbands and Shadows, I think, and Killing of a Chinese. This is my first there. rodeo. First rodeo with a woman under the influence. Before we get into uh, your thoughts on the film,
0: are we just going to quickly recap it?
1: Uh, I thought about that, and, and then I realized it the it's really it? difficult to. There's no plot. There's really difficult to recap this movie. Even I noticed this. Uh, the more we do these movies. I try to keep track of scenes like scene number one and then a sentence about it. But at a certain point, you're like, I don't know when this scene ended and the ah. scene before it began. It's very um, it's very it's not like clear in that regard, except that there are like set piece length scenes in this thing.
0: Yes, totally. I um, mean, which is funny, though, too, because I, th- I feel the more and more I watch Cassavetti's films, it seems like they are a string of at times excellent scenes. And it's uh, you know kind of and there occasionally there's interspersed very right. kind of like boring or kind of monotonous or kind of like faces felt that way where there were these oh God, really really long and boring scenes but there were also these moments of maybe more like bo- boring power. faces oh
1: um so let me try to let me give this a quick <laughs> like, dude that was so fucking harsh <laughs> sorry let <laughs> so me put try to
0: boring to... faces guys
1: <laughs> let me try to give this thing a real quick you sound recap. like Pauline kale there can by I the way. give this movie a really quick recap sorry um so I just it's, wanted
0: to, <laughs> it's a dish out of pauline kale take, like, take pauline that pauline kale. yeah take that. Still alive? no um
1: a woman under the influence is about mabel and nick longetti who live in california
0: yes of course it's an yeah, la film
1: it's an la film she's an um, la woman uh, uh nick is a is a um construction, construction worker, worker laborer kind of guy who but then but sort of seems to get called to different jobs and is often absent, at least at the beginning of the film. And in the opening of the film, Mabel sends the kids away so they can have a romantic night apart, uh, together, I should say, a night apart from the kids and to have a romantic night together. Um, Nick gets called into work or told to continue working despite saying he wasn't going to. And so Mabel is left alone, which results in her going to a bar and meeting a guy named Car- Carson. 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 Hit Carson. had a
0: great western name, and also yeah. like a southern, accent, southern
1: accent uh he buys her a few drinks they go home together pretty clear that they sleep together though it's not outright you know you don't see it happen um nick comes home with a group of his co-workers uh they make spaghetti, spaghetti at seven spaghetti, in the morning um and uh mabel is sort of being her charismatic self which nick doesn't love and results in a kind of fight all the men leave Nick and Mabel are left together to kind of hang out um, and talk about their problems, which is a recurring thing in the movie. It's really hard to do a plot synopsis of this thing. Yeah,
0: and then um, the neighbor brings over kids. kids. She acts wacky. She
1: acts wacky. He says that he's worried about leaving them with her. Nick comes home and slaps her because she's acting so crazy and because he can't process anything like a normal human being Mm. and gets into a fight with... The guy. The guy, because I think Nick, Nick's the jealous type and assumes every man that enters Mabel's atmosphere is going to like... Orbit. Orbit, nice. Um, so that I do love results the English language. in a call to the family doctor, who's a gross human being, and also um, Nick's mother, played by mrs cassavetes, cassavetes george's mother george john's mother uh, yes she might and also be my mom which I don't know. results in may and mabel being committed for six months to a some kind of um psychiatric ward we don't yeah for a period of time during which we see nick take the kids to the beach uh, that oh, doesn't seem to go well yeah. he gives them beer um we don't get a great sense that we don't get a good sense that he's a good parent but we we don't see much of it. It cuts to six months later. Mabel comes back. Okay, but, Mabel, the day Mabel is getting out of the hospital, right. Nick has th- thrown together an ill-advised party with all of her friends. He's told by Miss Cassavetes, um, and his mother in this case, to throw everyone out. Mabel comes home. There's a long extended scene where everyone tries to deny Mabel being who she is, which results in the family leaving. Nick and Mabel get into a fight. Again, Mabel cuts herself. Uh, oof. Then they uh, put the kids to sleep. Then they put the kids to sleep and they clean up the house. End of film.
0: And then they put themselves to sleep.
1: Yeah, they do. And um, that's that's a woman that's the under film. the influence. So so thank you very much. We yeah, hope you enjoyed bye. this episode. Can I drop this? Of, mic? Uh, no, don't drop oh, it. Sorry. <laughs> it's um, a rental. It's a rental.
0: Should we just talk about overall impressions? Yeah. What'd you think? I I mean I love this film. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, there were. It's funny, too, because thinking about all the just genius things that I wanted to say today about this film. Smart,
1: smart guy.
0: I also, I kept running through my mind all the things that I wanted to say. I was like, oh, I do have a lot of like critical things also that I wanted sure. to say Sure. I film. think we
1: should work from the beginning regardless of a yeah, totally. brief summary. But you liked it.
0: I, no, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and even though I did have, I, I did feel there were certain points in the film. And obviously we'll get there. But for example, the very, very last scene, I felt was just completely and totally out of place.
1: You're talking about the scene where they are Where they put themselves to, to bed to bed and there's this kind of like
0: Oh right yes. everyday
1: people well, quality of the music. And
0: also because that song that doesn't fucking make any sense because yeah. in the beginning of the film and throughout I guess like the first half, there are all of these great like literally like operatic overtures. Yes. Um there's operatic? weird music, operatic, uh,
1: operatic operatic Yeah and I was operatic like, is music from Oprah's <laughs> show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, 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 a, car, and, and, car, and and you get a car, and you get
1: a car, Mabel Longetti, and you get a car, Nick and You
0: get a song. Here and it you goes. get a band-aid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um for those wounds. But what do you do about those wounds that are only on the inside? Of the heart. Yeah, the heart. So I it made total sense to me because I thought, oh, okay, Casavet's obviously understands that there are parts of this film that are melodramatic. And then he's make and he's putting kind of opera on the soundtrack to kind of suggest, much like in the same way that a lot of great opera is melodramatic, so too does this film at times veer into melodrama. You think and I could tell by the confused look on your face, you do not agree with no,
1: me. No, no, I was actually going to make a silly joke and then I oh, decided against it. Um, so you do think the film is melodramatic
0: at moments. Okay. Um, and I felt like it was obviously intentionally doing that. And the opera. Was indication for me uh, a uh, an audio clue <laughs> that, that 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 is exactly what was going. So one of the, the the best scenes also in the film is one of the earliest scenes when he brings all of his friends over. It's an amazing scene to, for breakfast for spaghetti at like eight or nine in the morning, whatever the hell time it is.
1: Um, the men that that come in the beginning. Yes. Do you think it's an interesting? So I feel like the beginning of this movie calls back to husbands, and the end of this movie calls back to faces. Ah, excellent. because opening images in husbands, the first few images are of the wives. And the kids. And the kids. And then it cuts to them. Oh, And right. it's interesting that this, this is movie like a is called The Woman Under the Influence. And the first thing we see is the men at work. And that mm. is kind of... The men at work is like a cleaver that cuts this movie up. You, every time you cut to that... Like, m- one of the things we talked about early on with Faces is there's very little relief in Faces from what's going on. Like, you're always in the room. You're always it's very claustrophobic. He seems to be using the scenes of men at work um, to kind of cut us out of the, like kind of unrelenting intensity of the home life. Oh, that's interesting. So that
0: in a sense, it's a kind of uh, an arena of freedom?
1: Sure. Well, I also think that one thing that... I don't want to pull away too far from what you were talking about, but we begin with the men at work, and then we very quickly cut to Mabel getting her kids ready to leave with the mom. And I was like, wow, this movie seems to me to be about working. There's more about work to this movie than I think I realized the first time I watched it. Well,
0: it's funny, too, because that opening scene I wrote down, like, oh, my God, it looks like Harlan County, USA. Yeah, it really does. Where they're walking, they're working some kind of like quarry.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, and they're like, there's like a blue like are they it's really unclear what they're doing. Like I mean Nick is supposed I mean, I to think be a very clear blue worker kind well, of doesn't he blue say, blue yeah. collar, blue worker, right. blue collar kind of guy, doesn't, right?
0: So they go they then they go to breakfast. So
1: they, they, they do all this work and then they go to No, they don't immediately go to breakfast. No, they don't
0: immediately I'm saying there's that sorry, that was like the first uh, right. early scene that really got. got my so
1: attention. what about the breakfast scene?
0: um it's just well it's amazing also because one of the guys just like out of nowhere starts singing in this beautiful voice and he's doing yeah. like, opera and that was like the first i think moment on the soundtrack where maybe the second i don't quite remember where opera um is used well later
1: on cos Co- not cosmo but the other guy with a very italian name cosmo vitelli but that's the name of Ben Gazzara and hmm. uh killing of Chinese cookie. Oh. but let's talk about the scene where the workers show yeah. up because so we see them at work and this is
0: after she's slept with this guy yeah. that she's we up. see
1: her at work we see Mabel getting the kids ready for the day out of town they show her sort of like light, having a cigarette waiting for Peter Falk he doesn't he it cuts to him at like a downtown like downtown LA somewhere and there's a water main break and oh, so yes, and he's talking before, to yeah. a buddy and he's like you know Mabel's Mabel's not crazy yeah. And the guy, to me, one of the things that's interesting about that scene is, like, no one called Mabel crazy. Mm -hmm. This guy was like, oh, Mabel's different. And he's like, she's not crazy. She's not crazy. And it's like, right off the bat, you get a sense that two things, I think. One, Peter Fall can't deal with anything in his life. And two, he's afraid of his wife.
0: Uh, Ah. Afraid, wait, afraid of her in the sense, like, her herself or just kind of the... I don't think he knows how to deal with her. Yes, okay. Her eccentricity.
1: One of the things I wrote down... um, because he calls her after that and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I love you. Are you okay? And she's like, she doesn't really say anything. He's just kind of like, well, she's disappointed lot, that he
0: can't come home. He's
1: putting a lot on her, but he's also putting a lot on her, which is interesting. A lot of this movie is about men putting their shit on, on, on this woman. Well, I that's think. really
0: interesting though. So do you feel like she's not crazy? I don't. Oh, okay. So but, that's, she's eccentric, let's say. And but
1: kind of- I, I think that that also gets to a question about the, her performance that I have. Um, But I want to just, I want to cover this ground a little bit. Um, So she, he says he's not coming home. Mabel goes out to a bar, has a Seagram's on ice. Who doesn't?
0: I'm having one right Um,
1: now. And meets a guy named... um,
0: Carson. Carson? Garson. Garson.
1: Garson, who brings her home and uh, sleeps with her. There's a moment when they're leaving the bar. I don't know if you noticed this, but I really wanted to bring it up. There's a moment where they're leaving the bar and the bartender says, good luck.
0: Ah, I, did not pick I think he of.
1: says it to Mabel. And I wonder if he says it to Mabel because he's like, this guy is gross. Like, and he, he is
0: gross. He's so gross.
1: I don't think he means to be, I don't think he's like aware of his grossness, but he brings her home and kind of, for, I believe, forces himself on her.
0: Well, there's, yeah, the tussle. Well, he. And she's
1: she, like, hey, hey, get off me. No, this but is was, apparently everyone's voice of a woman or <laughs> <under the>, Hey, <laughs> hey. It's very
0: accurate, actually. Thank you. I, I close my eyes. like I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm there trying to go. sing less on the po- my
1: 2019 New Year's resolution <laughs> is to sing less on the
0: podcast. Uh, it's funny because mine was to get you to sing more on the podcast. Dee, 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 dee. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say? So something they, about something about the oh the, how the one of the when they're fighting at the bottom of the staircase. It reminded me of faces. Wait, yeah, I wrote that shot. down.
1: I wrote that down. Yeah. I wrote down oh, great minds. Uh, am I right? Uh, stairs like faces, which is also <laughs> gonna be a lyric in my my line in my next uh, poem.
0: I was gonna say that thing my band stares like faces. There,
1: there was a lot of um, lines that I wrote down, maybe because I knew we mm-hmm. were gonna talk about the movie immediately. But I just wrote down some lines. But one of them that I did was like, "Oh yeah, it looks like this. The uh, it's it looks like the scene from Faces." I also wrote down, um, "Is she drunk or is she just like super lonely?" And like she doesn't seem wasted.
0: Oh She's not like scene.
1: falling down drunk.
0: Yeah, no, but, and I think the, what, I mean you get the impression that they walked, they left the bar like right after that one drink. If, yeah, they even, yeah, they didn't hang out. they
1: didn't hang out. So, um, so then she wakes up. He's, he's still there. there, and he's very uncomfortable because he doesn't. She's calling him Nick.
0: Is she? She keeps calling him like Nick. Oh, because well, she's in the bed. Yeah, she's yelling yeah, yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah she, and th- but then she she's at a certain realize. point. She's
1: like, Nick, where are the children? Yeah. Where are the children? Um, and, and this is
0: also when we find out that she has a huge private sign on her, her bathroom.
1: bathroom door. <laughs> Which I'd forgotten about. When you sent me that screen grab the other day, I was like, "What the hell is yeah. that?" I forgot, and I kind of didn't respond. I was like, "I'm sure that, that the meaning of that will," because I think we were texting about Weezer, our, which is the <laughs> subject of our other podcast.
0: The only thing missing too was like, you know, a sign that lights up every time the bathroom door closes, where the, those those letters actually like light up. I was like, "What the fuck is? What are we to make of that sign?" It's really weird. Um, it's I, clearly like the adults' bathroom. Yeah. So it's is it over? They have three kids. They have three kids. Maybe
1: they want to make sure the kids aren't in the room. And so then we get to this scene where all the men come home, which you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's like sort of the big set
0: first big set piece in the film,
1: and a film of like three astonishing set pieces
0: so it's just be, it's just a beautiful scene but it's one it's one of the reasons why it's beautiful is because again this guy just out of nowhere she's going around the table i think she's asking if they could sing if, if i remember correctly and I he can sing and he just starts belting out well she's
1: asking all their names and their names there's this thing that keeps happening throughout the movie where she's like let's start over what's your name right hi hi hello and, it's, and there's
0: the, there's the one guy too she, was, she keeps saying like oh you have a really pretty face you have a really pretty oh face. yeah Bill,
1: uh yeah yeah, yeah yeah she's like handsome she's yeah. calling him handsome um Yeah, it's a really amazing scene because I I actually was sort of I was one of the things I was thinking about during this scene again is like why does he invite them over? And I think he invites them over because he knows that if he she immediately has to like make pasta for ten people, he's not gonna get he can't handle how she how upset she probably is so it's a little bit of like a oh way to deflect yeah because there's very little motivation to why people behave that they do in this movie that is explained it's there but like i think it's because he's like ah shit i know what's gonna happen you know what's also
0: really interesting too that i didn't pick up on maybe you did but later on in the film when the doctor comes over and his mom comes over she says oh you brought a man over like the other night And there was no there was no indication, at least that I picked up on from this scene or any scene. Which man is she talking about? Yeah. Well, I assumed it was Garson.
1: It it had to have been. But the only other possibility I thought was it the neighbor guy, but that's earlier that day, so that doesn't make sense. Oh,
0: right, yeah. And that's clearly not I mean case sexual thing. Yeah, because the, the guy Clearly, Barber's kid. So, so she's. I, so, oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Oh no! Just so she. This one guy. It's just
1: like, all, Just keep apologizing, friend. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Welcome I'm trying to, to listen better. Welcome to Sorry Cast. I'm sorry,
0: Cast. Sorry, Cast. In 2019. Sorry, go ahead. Um, sorry. Is there a Sorry Gem in that Gauntlet of his?
1: Uh, in in Thanos's Gauntlet. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Or
1: Ben Gazzara's. Imagine if Ben Gazzara were Thanos. As Thanos, that'd be fucking amazing. <sighs> You're terrible. You're terrible. they are all terrible yeah. at being superheroes. Thor. Thor.
0: what, what the fuck's <laughs> up with that <laughs> eye patch?
1: Why is he from Boston now? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs>
0: dude.
1: <but laughs> dude, you Thor, got your you, eye patch sucks. You got dude. that
0: fucking wicked hammer there. <laughs> you look ridiculous. Oh, uh, the ghost socks. <laughs> Am I right? Well, I don't know what that is. Um, Get off.
1: Your, we're working on your.
0: Yeah. So then they. <laughs> This is this is getting derailed. So I swear we're not drunk. So then yes. she she continues to be like, "Oh, you over there, you're handsome." Blah blah blah. Um, and then, and she, then they start to sing. And then she, well, the one guy starts to sing. Oh yeah, she tries to get the other guy to sing. She gets up over the, and she walks over to him and she starts like feeling his face. And yeah, this is when really like Peter Fox is like
1: enough. And all of a sudden, Peter Falk is like he just snap. And he's like, "I'll beat your ass!" And she everyone, everyone gets quiet.
0: Down. And then the phone rings. So wait, why did you send me that screenshot of the other guy? Do <laughs> you know like, who that is? No,
1: dude. That is that the is. saxophone player from uh, Two Way Blues, and the, ha- uh, the police officer from A Child is Waiting. All I had to say it was saxophone. The guy that... Saxophone. The guy who plays... Um, the guy who sleeps with um, Bobby Darren's girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I, just, I get oh. excited when I see... There's a lot of callbacks. There's another one later in the movie. I don't oh, know if you noticed Draper? it. Draper? Uh, no. Be, uh, even, even subtler than Draper. Uh, Mrs. Cassavetes? No. We'll get there. Lady Rowlands, though. Lady Lady Rowlands. I can't believe her name's Lady. I know. When we first... There was an early episode where we were like Lady Rowlands. I thought that was just another way to credit Jenna Rowlands. it's Lady Rowlands. The Lady Rowlands. So she's touching this guy kind of like being affectionate, being... And Nick loses his mind because he interprets it as like a...
0: That she's hitting on him. Yeah, it's like
1: a sexual thing or whatever. And I think that this is a good moment to pause...
0: Did you also pick up? I I I, re- I reround it uh, twice to pick up on that one joke that the guy was saying, but he had like a really thick, I think like the kind Italian, of, like, year, was it Italian? I Eastern thought it was year, Italian. Boston. The guy accent? sitting at the. I think it was the Boston accent. Hey dude, what's yeah. up? Do you want to hear my wicked good I, joke, dude? Like, I couldn't fucking. I couldn't tell what Matt Damon was saying. <laughs> um, but and I seriously, I, re- I tried to listen to it twice. And it's something Goodwill Good Will Hunting as- under the influence. Yeah, so, oof, bad so, joke. Something about an astronaut.
1: Uh yeah, I didn't catch it either, but I did notice the guy's act. This is yeah. the guy at the end of the table. Yeah, sitting next to yeah. Mabel.
0: And then he turns, yeah, and then M- Peter Falk t- turns to Mabel and says, "It's not your fault."
1: Um, it's not your I know, fault. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. No, it's not your <laughs> not fault. Are you too George? It's, not fault. <laughs> it's the best movie fucking ever made. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, I do love the shit out of that. I was movie. gonna
0: derail this by saying I'm not a huge fan of that movie. <gasps> podcast over (laughs) flip this table over right now
1: it's an amazing movie it's like the best movie (laughs) ever made um is is
0: it is it kind of like the the, uh, boston bible it's top five top top five five movies ever made top five uh, top five boston movies oh it's number one what's top? oh no i'm saying oh okay Um, not in any particular order
1: uh goodwill hunting um
0: reruns of the 2014 red Sox world series no
1: 2004 you (laughs) dumb shit um Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> 2004,
0: you dumb shit.
1: <laughs> I don't really know, but. um a uh, Dennis Lewis thing Goodwill Hunting is really good. I'll tell you what's not a good Boston movie The Boondock Saints. Oh my God, I fucking hate I that hate movie. It's awful. It's like the. I fucking oof, hate that movie. It's atrocious. And not only do I hate that Come, movie. at me. At me.
0: Let's go. But I fucking hate the cult ish, like, fanboy ish quality around that I piece of cultish, shit. I hate
1: cultish, fanboyish fanboy ish around anyone. This and is I'm true. making a podcast about John Casavetti's <laughs>
0: but seriously don't fucking say anything bad about infinity war
1: i love infinity war it's amazing oh it's great um can i so so we so have this scene he loses his mind he everyone leaves because he loses his mind and there's a threat of violence and then he gets a phone call from his mother who's like my my stomach hurts or something like that and i want to pause here oh, to talk about right, yeah. a couple of things big big questions one i don't think she's crazy um, one of the things that came up when we were talking about A Child is Waiting is the idea of like, is a is a person crazy or is a society crazy? Totally. And I think this movie plays with that um, like on a very micro level and like a dynamic between yeah. a husband and wife. Well, husband and wife. But I also like, and this is going to be a really broad question, but there's something... I think we can continue to talk about the craziness and I think we can also talk about the performance that she gives. Cause like it's a fucking amazing performance in terms of its emotion and its feeling and like it's outward gesture. And I read a like, big chunk of the woman under the influence chapter in um, the Carney book, the Carney book um, before watching this, but also like thinking about the house and the condition think that that's that sort of like sort of rambling 70s style house like i thought a little and also the performances and i thought a little bit just like about how like when this movie came out people must have been like what the fuck is this thing like i i like i was thinking a lot about like how do you get a, an artist like cassavetes like we've watched all these films and it's mm-hmm. like where does it all come from like it's, it's just interesting that like especially from performance because he's like a guy that learned all that yeah. method stuff and well, that was
0: my critique. Of, like a little bit about the Carney book in the sense that I felt like he wasn't um, drawing on the on the the correct, let's say, uh, historical milieu or context. Ding.
1: <laughs> Tell me more about what you think the correct one. Well, again, or do the, you have a thought about? No, that? just
0: like we were saying about like it, it, these films uh, feel to me like very post-war. Okay. In their so kind like of a dra- realism. Yeah, like uh, yeah, very good. Like borrowing from like an Italian neorealism. um, like again we've like uh, kind because of the Carney
1: pushes against that
0: idea. A no, lot. totally. Yeah. That's why he's like drawing from like much earlier shit in terms of like the American pragmatist tradition. John Dewey. Yeah, and I was like, no, this is this feels to me like very again within its context, and that's also why I did that um, like ridiculous like little tweet storm. Loved it. Loved that. we should ret- of, I'm gonna retweet that. Retweet oh, oh, that. that tweet oh, storm. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was either it was either do that tweet storm or watch uh hard to be a god and i was like i'd rather maybe not watch another scene of a man smearing shit on his face atrocious <laughs> so but that's again why the uh the context of of the carney book kind of seemed off however after watching this and right after watching mini Moskowitz, i did also want to kind of i guess readjust my thoughts about how these two films kind of end on like happy notes and i was shocked that this film ended on what i viewed as a kind of really just out of place optimistic no but we'll get there
1: i I've, i yeah i agree with that i also think one of the things that i'm really interested in is like we've talked about him as a political filmmaker a little or, bit or yeah
0: or seemingly apolitical or but seem but like that he i political. feel
1: like the choice to juxtapose the men working at the beginning with her at home is a little bit of like a, a statement on what we consider work and how we derive meaning that's from a work. great reading and i totally agree and um one of the things that's interesting about a guy like that, making a living as an artist is that he comes from what I would imagine. I mean, we've talked about the white, white ethnic, the sort of like the fact that he's the product of immigrants, like making his way to Hollywood and creating a career, but doing it on his own rules and might kind of making the things that he wanted to make and kind of making like pretty daring films that don't, that dispense with bullshit in terms of like, they're about performance. They're about people. They're about fairly regular lives. It doesn't feel like. I mean, I know that this has been said before, but now that we're halfway through these movies, it's like, it's kind of amazing to think about him as a product of like a social sort of social mobility that could push someone into the position. Yeah. Through the arts to do something like. Oh, this I see. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like he he's clearly it's like to me it's like the fact that this takes place in la there's mm-hmm. this kind of like john cassavetes goes to hollywood quality but he's not making a movie about la in a way that you would ever attri- like you don't see many movies where like hey we're in la hey let's all gather around the table and yeah. spaghetti and are kind of like
0: it's very working class really still. and
1: this also like yeah. dr- you know kind of like simply decorated rambling kind of house i guess like you don't see that a lot in movies anymore and so it's like is there, are there, it's it's interesting to think like are there there's certainly not people like that making movies in la right now at that level it's just interesting i don't know it's sort of a moment of pause to go like wow this is an la movie but it does not feel like an la movie at totally. all yeah and i don't think you have an la uh, that, that la exists in the mainstream well, at I, all anymore
0: yeah I and mean, it's interesting i think because i think just conventionally speaking you're more likely uh to be presented with let's say Upperly mobile or let's say upper middle class people in film and television in general. Yeah. So that you are yeah, more and more less likely to see people like everyday normal people presented on screen in this sort of kind of way.
1: Right. And that's what's interesting about the ending of the movie is that it's kind of like and now we go back to our everyday life. Who
0: was the last American everyday hero to work in a rock quarry? And I think you'd have to go all the way back to Fred Flintstone. I how do we know? Well, I how do you know Fred Flintstone was American? Oh, that's true. Uh, Pangean?
1: Pange- is that? <laughs> Make Pangea great again. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, do you, like, you think Fred Flintstone would be like, he totally would be Big like a white Trump, nationalist? Trump,
1: at course. the very least a Trump supporter. Oh that
0: piece of shit, I should have known.
1: Right, well ever since Stone stopped being our main thing <laughs> that we break down, things have really changed in Pangea.
0: We're gonna bring back all the Stone. All the Stones. All the, stone. <laughs> all
1: the Stones are coming back to Pangea. It's gonna
0: be colon million years. <laughs> which I think was probably like a bad joke from the original, like that Flintstones movie, which sucked.
1: How? You mean Flintstones? Viva Rock Vegas? No,
0: the original, dude. Oh, I only <laughs> <Don't> get the <that laughs> sequel shit out of here. Viva
1: Rock Vegas is canon.
0: Although I think Viva Rock Vegas, yeah, which I haven't seen, but I will wager okay, that I've it, never seen it It's better it's, than Boondocks.
1: Yeah, that's you've you heard it here first.
0: So then this scene kind of comes to again uh, an end uh, Ooh, because of oh yes please. Another
1: thing I wanted to add: the singing. Oh yeah, the singing, the beautiful singing. So one of the things that's interesting about the Carney book is John Dewey. Uh, he talks about in relationship, John Dewey um, with Cassavetes. And one thing that comes up that's really interesting is using John Dewey as a way to think about Cassavetes' directing style, whereas, like, the common perception of a director is that a director is someone on a megaphone, like, ruh, ruh, ruh. but John Cassavetes' way was, like, to be present and be very there and, like, do whatever it took to get a performance out of an actor, including, like, yelling at them and shout- shouting at them, telling them to do it over again. Like, some stuff that probably, like, wouldn't fly now in the same way that it maybe would, 30, 40 years ago. But also it's interesting when you think about the character of Mabel, the idea that like, there's all these moments in the film where Peter Falk keeps going, be yourself, be yourself. And, um, she keeps singing and, He's so uncomfortable with her like doing what yeah. she wants to do, and like interesting the idea of like do- we talking about like art as production versus like the h- rarefied art of contemplation versus the art of production, and the idea that Mabel's like, no, I want to sing, I want to do, I want to have a party, I want to do these things, and like want to be in the can't, moment. Nick can't handle like the idea of, like he wants her to be yeah, herself, but he really, can't yeah. handle her kind of like her being herself. Right. If that makes sense.
0: No, no, yeah, totally. I think and, and I and I totally buy that too. And again, this kind of thing that we talked about before where. Not in some sort of really cheesy and shitty um, kind of raw aesthetic yeah. quality to it, but that there is something again very experiential, very lived about these movies.
1: Yeah, we've and we've talked about that a little bit before.
0: And where he wasn't, he was clearly wasn't. I was reading something. I forgot where I read it earlier today when I was doing research. It wasn't from the John Cassavetes uh, textbook, but this idea that he wasn't afraid to uh, have mistakes happen on film, right? Right, to right? Capture right. them.
1: Well, one of the things that's interesting, there's moments in the film where he uses radio and you can hear it. If you know what... Like, there's just moments where, like, the sound clearly is untreated here. There's, like, a moment in the film towards the end where, like, all of a sudden you hear, like, a... And it lasts through the scene. I'm like, that's just shit camera audio that he... He was, apparently, there was a, a screening of this film where, like, he was sitting there and they were, like, they were like on the first or second reel and he ran up to their production booth and the producer went up and he found John Cassavetes with a... um razor blade cutting stuff out of the fourth (laughs) reel that's amazing and he was like what what are you doing he was like they're laughing at all the wrong moments so i'm recutting the last bit of the movie
0: (laughs) do you know exactly what he was recutting no
1: but he just was like cut like like while it was like like literally during the screening he was like
0: (laughs) yeah that's crazy
1: (laughs) it's and then you have to glue that shit back on so it's like a process to do that um so next scene we have there at the bus she's waiting for the bus and she's She's, in, she's just like she waiting, wants, for waiting for the bus. Like, excuse me, do you have the time? And everyone walks by her like she's crazy. And she's like, hey, asshole, I just need to know what the time is. I
0: also read that these are two of her friends, by the way, from high school or college. I oh, think. played the parts? Played the, those two women that she kind of, yeah, annoys. Yeah, and so she's waiting for her kids.
1: Right, and her, she keeps yelling at people because she wants the time. She doesn't know what time it is.
0: Her kids show up. Right. She's very excited. Yes. Uh, and this is kind of like obviously where you see that she's a very kind of loving mother. Amazing mother, yeah. I think.
1: This is a good movie about parenting. It's actually an incredible movie about parenting. It is, yeah. Not but, something I would think it. Uh, well, maybe you know, when I watched it, I wasn't one. But, but, but now, of, watching it, I'm like, Holy not in the sense of
0: like good parenting advice.
1: No, but kind of the challenges of like being like she's amazing at being present with her kids all the time, and I like, he's not. Mm-hmm. So it's just powerful to me to be like, damn, this is like in a way, it's like watching her parent. Is she's a good parent? Yeah, she's just maybe got some stuff going on. Yeah,
0: no, totally. I mean, there's a certain. W- Uh, indication that she kind of communicates with the kids on a certain kind of level that obviously he doesn't Although there is that really touching scene, where I thought it was touching. I the mean, beer, got, yeah, the beer scene I thought was really touching. He's
1: a good, he's a loving dad. I don't think he's a good dad. He's not a good dad. Um, Carney talks in the book about um, how Mabel is Cassavetti's in like real life. Like Mabel is John mm. stand standing. Like the idea that she's a director, she's like in the in. Pre- whereas Nick is always like making proclamations like do this, yeah. And she's very like no, now we do like getting in there with them, and it's it's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. so it. Does he also kind of talk about, I'm sure he talks about the ending of this film as a moment of reconciliation. I did
1: not get there. Uh-huh. I have not finished that part of the, the book yet. I, th- I wanted to. But which is another try. issue that
0: I had, which I will talk about it more in more detail, which is another kind of issue that I had about his general thesis about that these films aren't about reconciliation or kind of like rebirth. But these last two films certainly are.
1: That's interesting. We should, that's, we should definitely get there. Um, so then there's the scene where they're kissing in bed. And um, have you seen Killing of a Sacred Deer? I have. There is I love it. That's amazing. I don't recommend it, but it's amazing. There's a scene where she's laying down and he's kissing her. That's a lot like that Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman scene where oh, she just like lays down dead in bed. I don't I mean, I, I'm sure that Yorgos Lanthimos has probably seen this film. Well, all
0: Greeks just have to support other <laughs> Greeks, of course. <laughs> that's not. That where you're wow, trying you to say. just really sailing. put the words
1: <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, no, but, uh, it really does make me think of that. It made me uh, think of that like a, like a, and I only saw that movie over a year ago, but I
0: thought all, about all it. All joking aside. Um, and that this was a serious connection that I made. Did you ever see that random, I think it's that Simpsons episode where it's like a whole bunch of like little short films. And there's this one 32 short films about Yeah The Glenn Gould The Glenn, Gould's, the Glenn the, Gould And the Pulp, the Pulp Fiction yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, So there's this really down, funny down. There's a really funny moment in that Where they cut to the kitchen And Bart's talking to Lisa And you don't know what the context of it is but, uh. but it made me think about this Where Bart says like So I says to Mabel I says Mabel I says Mabel I says to Mabel And then like he gets interrupted and then he, he repeats. is like, all right. So anyway, what I was saying, I says to Mabel, I said Mabel. You think it was a reference to? This? And I was like, is that a reference? to I mean, to it this? wouldn't put it
1: put it past the Harvard graduates that write for The Simpsons to have seen this movie. If you and it.
0: I was I was waiting for that kind of reference, but it never comes up.
1: Um. So then there's the scene where they're they're in bed after they've had
0: sex, Ooh. and then the family, and shows, then the up family shows up. The
1: family shows with Lady Rowlands. and that this is a weird scene. This is a weird scene. This is a weird scene. <laughs> Mabel, I said <says> to Mabel. This <laughs> is Mabel. Weird. I says Mabel. It's, it's weird what because doing. I don't. It doesn't. There's a lot of weird motive. I don't know. I don't. I felt weird about this. It's very disjointed. But in what not- way? Well, like ma- well, lady- she's like kind of like well, oh we're lot not traffic. having sex. There's kids. a lot of in and out of traffic. Like Lady Rollins comes in. She's like you Was must that a be
0: tired.
1: <laughs> Can you hear my eyebrows going up? No, Lady Rollins comes in. She's like you must have worked the hard lady last night. And so again, there's all these things that people know that we have no idea how they know them. How does she know that he worked late last night? Did Mabel call her and be like. Uh, Nick's the time frame's here. a little off. Yeah, and then she's like, I'll make you a coffee. And she, like, disappears. And then the kids come in. And he's like, kids, kids, let's all whistle. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> they can't... And he puts them like, on uh, the bed. Like, and he puts the mom on the bed. Right, yeah. and, the, and like... It's like, you whistle too. They, and it's just, like, a weird scene. and he But he's really tired and he wants them to go away. But he realizes he... I don't know. It's just a strange scene There's a lot of repetition in this movie. You see a lot of things happen again. It's a very and again long. It didn't again. feel like it was a very long movie. But it's, it's not faces long. It's not faces long.
0: I'm still it, watching
1: it's, Faces. <laughs> it's a
0: half hour shorter than it, Faces. I think it's
1: actually 15 minutes longer than Faces.
0: Uh, oh you may be right Maybe Faces, yeah, faces like two fifteen, 2.10 okay. And this is like 2 and this 20 is 2.20 somewhere. something yeah.
1: But it doesn't feel that long no. I mean I definitely Checked the clock A bunch of times But only because I was like Geez I gotta because finish this we're time.
0: adults Yeah and you realize Like holy shit Two and a half a hour movie
1: So there's yeah There's a lot of like He's getting the kids Mabel wants the kids out He She wants Nick To be able to sleep She's like playing These dual roles And this movie Is a lot about performance There's moments where She's like What do you want me to do Yeah well, They're I, really I, amazing I
0: forgot who uh, Maybe it's uh, Nick Says it to her Uh like repeatedly, is like, I don't know who you are, I think. Just some be point. yourself. Yeah. I don't just, know you well, that's be later be too. Yeah. Like be yourself. Do the baba.
1: Um, there's a movie recommendation I want to make for people out there um, that uh, I thought about while watching this and it's a much newer movie. It's called Actress and it's from 2014 or 15. It's by a documentarian named Robert Greene who just made a movie mm. called Bisbee 17. He's really a phenomenal. You told me about Bisbee. And um, this is about following an actress who's left acting and has moved upstate and decides to get back into the acting game like he started documenting her um it's brandy burr who is in season 3 of the wire she was oh. um uh the guy who runs for political offices
0: sort of the play uh, the guy who uh, from game of thrones yeah that guy he Little was Finger? like
1: her yeah Littlefinger. Okay. Uh, he was her sort of like he worked she worked for him in that um and the film kind of spirals off and it and stops being just about a woman re-entering the acting world and becomes like kind of an intentional documentary melodrama about when she's performing and who she is ah, and it's really it's a cool. really it's really good film Robert's a good good guy and good filmmaker and it's definitely like an interesting film to contrast this one with especially when you think about performance yeah um do you think she's crazy?
0: No, but I th- she's definitely eccentric. Is she um, eccentric
1: enough to be dangerous? Because everyone seems to think she's dangerous. No, but
0: there is a certain. I mean, I. I, that, I mean, that term is really p- crazy. Is like obviously like a really problematic. Term. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. at all clinical, surprisingly. But it's
1: also some. It's not. On the but crazy it's also so, so scale, so, you when, are seven. so using that language, especially because the film is sold as like a movie about a crazy woman. But there's, a, there's definitely something
0: there. I mean, I think it's interesting to think about. And this was something that I was thinking about while I was watching. I was like. I, I, to what degree they both did research on mm-hmm. a certain kind of, let's say, pathology or what a certain kind of... Like, I don't know if they did. Yeah, I don't think they did either. And I think... And that's... Ugh. It's problematic. Right. Because, I, I, again, I to what degree, again, is she supposed to be... Um, yeah, afflicted by some sort of kind of psychological condition. I think w- basically we're supposed to, the the obvious thing you're supposed to walk away from is that it's really fucking tough being a mom. <laughs> right. And like, it's as very you, sympathetic. And as you to, said, yeah. that it's a certain kind of labor. Yeah. Obviously, for unfortunately, for the majority of people, they don't view it as such. And an unpaid kind of labor. Totally. To, to yeah. think about it, and
1: I think that yeah to me it's less I mean I definitely think I wrote at some point I wrote down like there's she's got a lot of like gestures this movie's a lot about gestures and ticks and movement yeah which she's doing Carney's, those like yeah. those <laughs> things with her that hands that kind of stuff I'm just re- reenacting yeah. them for George right now <laughs> um, she was nominated for an Oscar for this which is interesting he was nominated for best director but yeah it's a performance of a. L- I don't mean that was the year of Forrest Gump one I think it was the uh, no it was the year um, Crash one but there's a lot <laughs> of um, there's a lot of like weird gestural stuff there's a lot of choices that like interesting things I, I would never say that the movie reduces those things to a kind of collection of ticks, nor does her performance. But I will say that like, it feels as, 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 as powerful of a performance as it is because like she is living that shit while it's happening. There are moments where you're like, oh, this is Yeah. Well, simple. that's,
0: that's when I thought like it kind of, when it g- falls into melodrama.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like, a fair point. Like where it's, they're sort of like, it's not rooted in something, but it's like a larger sort of, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's all. I it got. is melodramatic. Yeah. Um, so then, then happened the scene with the kids. Right, this guy comes, and I, what was the context for this? Why did he come? Um, up I think. Well, kids? remember, she's like,
1: "We're gonna have a party later, and we're gonna say very important things and do very important stuff." And I think he also like needed a babysitter. It was very weird. Right. I, but
0: how did he? Anyway, like I got. The, so these kids, the kids show up
1: like, again. We have no idea why, except that I think it's that she's throwing a party for the kids, mm-hmm. and he shows up and he won't leave. Correct. He's and wearing he a suit All oh, the men in suits In this movie Are oh, fucking pigs Of course yeah <laughs> um, But really Every man well, in a yeah. suit Like Nick well, is, a, In some ways Nick isn't the worst one also? Nick isn't the worst one In some ways He's the worst one In a, in a
0: Who's worse I well, mean this guy's a, a, An asshole obviously but And a domestic abuser Does wait Why He He hits her no, no, Nick does. Oh, Nick. I'm saying, yeah, I'm I'm saying, saying he, the guy that drops off the kids. Well,
1: no, that guy's not that bad, except that he's just clearly a, a shitty, a shitty dude, shitty dude. Um, and he doesn't trust her, but I don't think she does anything outright terrible in the scene. I think she's just kind of well, wacky. Th-
0: yeah, although there is that. I guess the he she does at some point like not pay attention to them. She walks out to the garden. She's like dancing around. And that's, uh, that's, that's kind of like negligent
1: it's negligent yeah that's true that's true
0: but she's and also it, not he like would, and he was like uh where are the kids what's going oh, on and then he right. walk into the house and one of them is running around naked
1: and he's like get you well that's actually he's already been like get your clothes get your, yeah. oh yeah then that's his kid was he, yeah.
0: is it his kid or their daughter
1: well maria is naked when nick and mrs mrs Moskowitz come in okay uh mrs cassavetes yeah. um but up to then, yeah, I mean, she's kind of, yeah, she's a little, like, flighty. Let's say she's flighty yes. and a little little out there. But I don't, Dangerous is... No,
0: Dangerous is far too... Far
1: too strong. And that guy's an asshole. Totally. Um, when Nick comes in, Mabel and this gentleman, Harold Jensen, are sitting on a, a, on a bed together with all the kids. Yeah. And Nick's like, what are you doing? And Maria, Nick, and Mabel's daughter is downstairs running around naked and, like, everyone's scandal oh god put
0: your clothes on we're like whatever um so this is also kind of what leads to her being sent away nick hits her and nick of course hits her when he sees her with harold jensen the first of two times because he hits her at the at the end of the film too
1: right um i want to pause and jump back for a second please I, i wrote the scene where nick is laying in bed and he gets a call to get to work he has this line who do they think I am Superman and like we're I don't and, she, do and I then she Friends says Flintstone? into the phone she says into the phone <laughs> yeah. who do you think he is Superman and it's like I there think are that, some laughs I think that pre yeah before we watched this film I was like this would be a brutal couple hours it was the one of the least brutal I had more fun watching this than I did husbands I had more way more fun watching this than I did faces um, Minnie in Moscow it's kind of tops my list of well, like, because most fun but yeah. there's a con- there is a humor to this like a human element no, that's totally. quite funny yeah. you know well and
0: she's also so much more sympathetic than Um, The husbands and husbands.
1: Well, it's also a nice contrast to husbands because it's about a woman.
0: It's about no, totally.
1: Like in a really. Also, it's about much more mature people. I mean, Nick, for all his problems, is a providing, caring. father Father that doesn't disappear
0: yeah (laughs) i mean that's kind of interesting because you do see the kids in a way that you haven't in the previous cassavetes films
1: and also it's not his kids because this at this point the cassavetes kids are too old to play those parts which is interesting
0: no i thought one or two of them were cassavetes kids
1: they're not cassavetes Zan cassavetes is like a neighbor's kid but she's i think she's the little girl that like is naked okay but like the other ones are not their kids Hmm. they're too old there would have been because nick nick cassavetes was in when they made uh, sh- uh faces in 70 had to be like
0: 1450. Oh, okay. How so old is Thanos Cassavetes at this point?
1: Uh, four million. <laughs> he's four million years old. He's been on you know ti- Titan for he, a while. Is he
0: purple at this point or not yet? Uh, grows into his purpleness.
1: Yeah, well, it's a puberty thing. So then Titans uh, hit when they're 4.5 yeah. million. Years so it
0: turns out he's not. Superman. I like that
1: you made that joke and then fucking abandoned me. <laughs> like i'm over here working my ass off and like, you're like
0: cool cool let's on. move on well, we fucking moved on right <laughs> that was that was five seconds <laughs> i ago. made
1: a bad joke and i stepped out of it i was gonna make
0: a joke about peter Falk uh auditioning for superman just two years after this
1: peter Falk's handsome i just want to put that out into he has the a world. rugged handsomeness Oof. Yeah. but i
0: mean you're not like turning back on your i fuck no, thing. yeah Cass- no it's Cassavetti's Gazara, Falk. um I feel like those Fuck Cassavetes, kill Gazara,
1: Mary Falk. <laughs> okay, very good.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Fuck Cassavetes you said fuck, fuck Cassavetes Agree. Kill
1: Gazara. Mary yes, yes. Falk.
0: Because I was about to say those first two guys would not make love to you. Falk, yes. <laughs> There's a lot going on, but right not now. the I'm first like, two guys. Like, yeah, Falk well Falk would come Those guys home would, not be, would not be would uh, not be gracious lovers, as I'm trying no, to say. No, I don't think so. So but do you mean, think this led to Falk auditioning for Donner's Superman? A couple of years later. Did he really? No.
1: You're such an <laughs> asshole.
0: <laughs> it's like, um, and now uh, Peter Falk auditioning for Super for uh, Clark Kent. Take take one. Hey, uh, uh, Lois. Uh, what, what you hear this thing about the uh, Superman guy? What's the guy? deal with Superman? The, oh, one more question, Lois. Lois. Lois, just um, one more question.
1: I wanted to ask about so so after this guy comes after Nick comes home and hits her, they call the doctor. Who is this guy?
0: Who is this doctor?
1: Yeah, no, like he's there's something off. There's something weird about Well he that seems guy. to be a family doctor though. He's a family he calls, doctor.
0: Yeah, he calls him right away and he's like, Can I get doctor so and so? And like they know and he's losing his mind
1: on the phone. I get
0: the impression that this guy has, in some way or another before, um, has spent obviously time with the family because he shows up and everybody seems to know Yeah,
1: him. and he knows them. And he's, it's just, but it's just, he's very, again, my theory that like the men in suits are the worst things. He's also the one that institutionalizes He does her. institutionalize her. It's, which is really, you know, I don't know. It's troubling and really, really weird. I also. Later, g- he
0: takes responsibility for it as well. I think he says, like, I was the one that sent you away. Does he say yeah, that? Yeah, he term? does
1: say that. There's also a beautiful moment when he's on the phone or when the, um, After he gets off the phone, where Mabel's like, Listen, I forgive you. It's okay. Yeah. She has this very rational, clear headed moment that doesn't, um, that fits really, really well. That's not, that like, when I say fits really well, what I mean is like, she has this very clear moment where she's clearly unafflicted. And I use that term thinking like the way that this movie seems to deal with mental illness is to like show her afflicted and show her not afflicted in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, she seems to have like a moment of clear headedness. About their situation. Yeah. And that could also be what's happening at the end because there's an interesting thing at the end that we should talk about when we get to it. But then the doctor shows up and Mrs. Cassavetes is there as well. Uh, and she does not help things. Nick's mother. No no father. Nick has no father.
0: Ah, and you, Very and interesting. you felt like that was kind of an interesting. I just, I'd only noticed she it later in the film. She does, and you see it. Yeah, Fred Draper. Her father, yeah, comes later. But
1: um, this is when we realize the doctor shows up and he's going, he gives her a sedative. And it's an interesting moment because Mrs. Cass- Nick's mother is losing her mind. Like she's terrible. She had an affair or whatever. And she the dog. A man. And Nick is clearly. This is a really great moment for Falk because he's clearly somewhere between wanting to uh, support her, but also like I don't. He doesn't. I don't know. I, like I wrote down that like.
0: Well, he's clearly in love with her, um, and it's funny. It,
1: it's yeah. He's only reactive. He has no clear goal or plan or objective except to try to prevent disaster from yeah
0: it's 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 funny too because one of the notes i put down was that he clearly loves her but also in the very beginning of the film one of his his own friends says like why don't you just call her you know when he won't come home yeah yeah. he's like just call her and he's, all he's doing is just kind of complaining about her, but he won't call her and complain about his job, but he won't call her or just simply say, And he's very tender on coming the phone home Yeah, and, and he's like, you. I love you. Like, it'll be Are okay. okay. Are you okay? And then he says, like, I'll take the, I'll take tomorrow off. And we can spend all day together.
1: Right. It's a nice moment. So he really does love her and he cares about her. And he doesn't... His mother's not helping. He doesn't know who to call. He knows to call the doctor, but, like, later on in the film, he invites all these people over, which is, like, hugely inappropriate. So he doesn't really know... Like, he's not a... He's not like a s- thinker. He's not, a th-
0: yeah, totally. You know, which is, he's just yeah. un-
1: interesting to say again when we think about like the idea of like the work he does and who he is and how this film deals with work in a way that the other films don't at all.
0: Right. He has a certain kind of emotional intelligence with this, with the kids, which comes across, and with her to some degree. Well, he loves everything. He's, he's very loving.
1: He's like a bulldog in a yeah, way.
0: But he is also this incredibly like tightly wound up dude and again there are those moments when he flips out he's violent yeah when he flips out and you're like oh maybe he's the crazy one he clearly knows how to kind of to some degree act with the kids Yeah, he's
1: not a bad he's not i mean
0: so he gives her a sedative
1: he gives her. The doctor gives her a sedative, despite. Oh, Ms. and she
0: runs upstairs. Sorry, she runs upstairs to grab the kids. Kids, like, oh, and the there's this
1: scene where the camera just lingers on Peter Falkle. everyone's screaming, and I think it's this interesting that everyone's psychosis except for hers is ignored because, like, Mrs. Cast, uh, Mrs. Longetti is crazy. Nick has a problem. The doctor's sketchy. Like, it's interesting that I don't know. the The whole room is crazy. What's Everyone it? in this movie is fucking insane. Yeah,
0: it's funny because I was watching this. I was like, and again, this is kind of one of the things about historically contextualizing castaway was like you can't make this film or think about it anyway without thinking about like second wave feminism and also thinking about the long fucking history of men obviously just men being shit to women in general but also about men pathologizing women and using that as an excuse to kind of like lock them up like and i don't know if you've ever read yeah, yeah and gaslighting i, I don't read... know if you've uh, ever read on uh, like the yellow wallpaper no,
1: uh, is it, I've heard it. I've heard about it. Yeah, so it was
0: like just this very famous uh, story, just about like the way in which uh, men have traditionally not paid attention to women's uh, health and mental health in particular. Right. And that story really kind of deals with like postpartum depression, mm-hmm. uh, in particular. But just that she obviously might not even be insane. Right. She just might be eccentric. She's definitely
1: eccentric. Insane is strong and
0: just a little kind of weird. But that she's pathologized in this really shitty way.
1: Well, it's interesting because this th- one thing that I I want to talk about a filmmaking thing, but I also want to talk about the overall thing that we're doing here. Because we when we started this thing, one of the things we were talking a lot about was like, what is John Cassavetes' relationship to specifically to women? And this movie certainly puts him at least an in intention in a on the right side of that conversation. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like a very. In a way that husbands you know, and I was listening to our husband's episode recently and I kinda come down real hard on that movie because I'm just like, why do we need movies like this right now? But this is a nice antidote to that in the well, sense you know, that it, it allows for some real dimensionality. It
0: reminds me also of what he says in that decavage show at, at some point when he's actually sober and paying attention where he says Sober something, is a strong <laughs> word. Where he says something along the lines of, Oh, I'm I'm about I forgot exactly what he says, but or I'm not gonna paraphrase it even remotely right. correctly but he talks about kind of freedom and about institutions and about how obviously they restrict us and he says something along the lines of like i'm not just talking about men but i'm also talking about women as well
1: this also speaks to his politics interestingly because i think that like my guess is he was probably a pretty liberal guy i think for ways. his time but there's also he, for his time but there's also that like sort of distrust of institutions that is uh, like a temper- not not that like liberals are like woo institutions but he's also very like wary of like a group Think kind of dynamic. Yeah, I mean, his films totally. are about individuals in in, in contexts that challenge, I- individuals that challenge like larger contextual ways of behaving. If that makes sense yeah. at all, and so it's it's interesting, like kind of sort of the sort of liberal or the sort of political thinker he might have been.
0: Which is what's really interesting to me that he never never again. I, we haven't seen all the films uh, made, but like made an explicitly let's say, I don't know, like yeah, like a film about like coming back from Vietnam or about. Right. Some just somebody being in vietnam and right. somebody having to deal with that you know back he home might
1: not have been the right
0: you know when these he, are very claustrophobic films in that sense like they're very much yeah. about like throwing people in a cage so to speak and just seeing what what the fuck happens
1: you know uh, it's 1970 what 1974 yeah. so there's no suggestion that falk's character is a veteran no no there's no, no not at all yeah at all. there's no he might have been too old um for it regardless i don't know but yeah there's no real there's no there's not like that stuff remains untouched totally you know um so i i was thinking here that um
0: so six months later
1: so before we jump ahead to that i want to comment um during the scene when the doctor comes and they give her the shot and she finds that she's gonna get institutionalized there's a lot of like tussling nick grabs mabel mabel grabs Nick, and i think if i if i'm correct it looks like they played with the frame rate like a conventional they sped it up they sped it up and it gives it, and I've never seen him do anything like that before. And again, I could be wrong, but the frame rate seems looks like it maybe is at sixty as opposed to twenty four or whatever. And it, it makes the that 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 f- that scene feel very frenetic. It yeah. looks like there's something going on with the film that isn't going on with the other. I didn't scenes. pick up on that, but I mean, I'm not saying you're not. Know, no, really, I'm right.
0: Yeah, no, I. I, I whoa, whoa. Liam, we're just a knife.
1: <laughs> I'm saving it. The knife. I am saving it for when <laughs> this happened. Um, so all of a sudden we have an amazing cut. We have an amazing cut to him at work, and he takes the kids to be- the beach.
0: Which I love, too, because I feel like this is kind of the good parenting, bad parenting like my dad would have done. Oh, really? Like at a, at a moment of like, if something was going bad, like, uh, let me just take you the We're going to the beach, beach yeah. in
1: February or whatever, because <laughs> it's clearly loves not the, the right season. But no, he really, he leaves work, goes to and pick it, them up at takes, school. The, the principal's like, are, is everything okay? Yeah. And he's like, that's fine. Yeah. They'll come back tomorrow. Right, exactly. And the, uh, the kids are really cute. Hi, dad. <laughs> and then he drags them off to school. Um, to the beach. To the beach, and, um, and they have a really awkward time at the beach. They have an awkward time at the beach, and, and he takes one of his friends with him, and he brings his friend, who's kind of like, "My kids are all grown," and I'm like, "Really? You look like you're 26." <laughs> and the guy's like, yo, yeah, you know." He could have had those kids when he was 15. Yeah, he's, he's young. Um, and the bu- the buddy uh is wearing like you know they have bathing suits, but then they all put on like he- heavy flannel shirts, so you know it's not the right season. Like it's probably March. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the but sort it's, of it's the it's first LA, it's half, warm. Of, yeah, that's true. The first half of this movie. Um, which ends with um, Nick in the back of the car with his kids, and he gives them beer, and they all drink probably too I'm, much I beer. I love this scene; it's
0: cute. Yeah, because the one kid's like, "Can I try?" It's like, "All right, but just take a sip." And then the other kids like, "The girls like, can I, can I try, Dad?'" I
1: was like, all right, t- you too, but not as much as the yeah. other one. I'm not <laughs> much as drunky over here. Um, and there's a little bit of a rite of passage to the like that first time you try beer. I don't yeah. know; it felt very like I, you know, it's interesting to think about these guys as dads because they're probably they're probably roughly or older than our dads. Well, probably 15 years older than our dads would have been. Yeah. But like, same kind of... I mean, my dad was a fucking lawyer. My dad didn't like lay brick, but definitely came from that kind of like... What's the big deal? It's just, it's beer. just beer. We yeah. all drink it all the time, all the time, all the time. <laughs> so like, interesting to kind of watch that. I remember my dad giving me beer when I was like a, like 11 and my mom being like, Jesus
0: Christ. I'm sure, yeah. No, no, but that's a, a, it's a kind of rite of passage. Like here, it's yeah, a taste. Yeah, totally. And then you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Well,
1: and again, booze yeah. in a Cassavetti's movie means something very different than it does in anybody it does. else's movie. Like,
0: there's no casual drinking
1: in a Cassavetes movie. Even the kids are just fucking pounding. No, one exactly. no one's like, I'm gonna
0: have a nice, polite <laughs> seagrams and ice. And the one kid's like, You won't believe what happened to me on the playground yesterday. So it was great. It was fucking it was I met re- I met Thanos Casavetes. <laughs> it's <was> ridiculous. He <laughs> snapped
1: his fingers and my friend Billy just, just that, disappeared that, in a very haunting sequence.
0: That purple fuck. I don't
1: I don't feel so good, Billy. <laughs>
0: I have to hug him while he fucking just turned into like leaves or something. It was, cr- was crazy. Going. It was
1: yeah. crazy. All right, six months and, later.
0: And then, Gumb- Gumb- uh, what was his name? Cumberbatch was like, "It's supposed to happen." this Tony, way Tony, it's, yeah, it's
1: supposed to, to happen, happen this way. I'm, I'm like, definitely not British. <laughs>
0: just, turn, turn into turn into leaves, you fuck.
1: So we're gonna go six months later. Nick and all his buddies jump into cars, leaving work, and they're, they're excited. excited for this party. They're yeah. putting on their clothes. He puts on his suit coat without putting his undershirt on. Who
0: doesn't? So I get dressed. Uh,
1: Peter Yeah, well, I can tell yeah. what's going on <laughs> over there.
0: I got halfway dressed up for this party. No,
1: you look great. It's just,
0: I thought you said semi-formal.
1: <laughs> I brought your uh, what do you call those things that you put on the lady when you Oh, a uh, corsage? Corsage. Yeah. I brought your corsage, George. Oh, thank you. Really fucked that joke up. So, we now have a basically one long scene. Basically yeah. one the second the last 40 minutes of the movie are one long scene in which we have a party that mr falk nick decides to throw for mabel and um
0: we also forgot the scene just very quickly where uh falk goes back to work and people are asking about Mabel. He gets institutionalized yeah and like the one guy's like oh what's going on with mabel and i think he says like you know we well, are a real fucking asshole. and
1: then that guy the guy who's guy falls down the hill and so then this then the is interesting so right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they have a moment where they they're all kind of yeah he's back to work this is right the day that Mabel gets institutionalized or the day after everyone's curious about Mabel. One guy doesn't ask about it. And Nick gets all like, I know you want to talk about it. I think they're friends. Cause he knows the wife shows up later. And this guy maybe in perhaps response to what Nick does, which is let go of the slack on the rope falls you down. You get the, the side impression the that hill, he, Nick cause of his might be right. responsible for this guy falling, which is interesting. Cause when we go to six months later, he asks him if the guy's sitting on the steps smoking yeah. and Nick goes, do you want to come? do you want to why are not you I, coming to the party he he's like says, i don't want to go to your party yeah and his wife um he's um half indian i believe because nick says well, some half really mexican, half mexican half I think Indian. He says li- nick has a few racist lines he calls he a black t- guy a does. monkey earlier in the yeah, film yeah which is really disturbing yeah well, it's the
0: guy also that she thinks is attractive he calls so, a monkey yeah so it's clearly also i think you're supposed to read that as kind of that he's like striking out against him because he's right. threatened by him
1: totally and yeah he's a little bit racist um, so just now, a little bit Just like a president Only so, just a little bit Yeah So oof. So Nick shows up at his house Everyone's there for a party What's the deal with Victor's wife? What's the deal Sticking with Sticking her tongue down his
0: throat uh, This I,
1: is one of those weird things in the movie That pull me out of the well, movie there's so many
0: things Wasn't that uh, also that one woman Who's like one of the friends Who leaves at the end Isn't she the woman that Seymour Cassell picks up? in? <sighs> that
1: was my big exciting subtle thing oh, that sorry. I didn't know you were Yeah there's a woman at the party Spoiler who alert. plays the woman that Seymour Cassell goes home with. For all of you fans of the
0: actress, she appears in this show. She's film.
1: also great in Frosherker. <laughs> no, she's really, really good. She's good. in. The, well, she she's has more tall, lines than this. Very yeah. tall.
0: I noticed that as well. I was like, whoa, mm. she's got to be at least six foot she She's got to be at least eight. She's yeah. got to be Thanos' height. <laughs> at least She's th- as Thanos.
1: tall as a Titan. <laughs>
0: eight foot eight so everyone's
1: so? at this house and and nick is kind of surveying them being like do you think this is a good idea and people are like no you dumb fuck
0: yeah there's Everybody only one guy mr adolph who yeah. can't trust a guy with yeah, that name who's course. like "No,
1: i think it's a great idea to have this party
0: <laughs> way too soon
1: Wait, <laughs> do you see what i'm going to do it's a
0: party <laughs> so everybody's like he's like get the fuck out of here
1: yeah everyone leave and and you know this is the moment but the family stays suddenly i sympathize with mrs longetti or i'm sorry with yeah, with Nick's mom because she's like, dude, you fucked this up. Dude, there shouldn't be there people shouldn't be here at bit, this yeah. house. It's ridiculous. There's no food. He's like clearly not planned it. He's a big fuck up. Well,
0: this is also the part where you, another one of those instances where you could tell that he doesn't know how to deal with her.
1: He doesn't know how to deal with her. He doesn't know how to deal with life. I also think that there's a real intention, a real intent in a lot of this film, not to confuse you as an audience, but to let you work out what's going on in a way that is less so than other well, Casavettes films. What are was fucking films.
0: saying about the soul gem? You don't know if they find it. You're just supposed to kind of come. With yeah, like it's really
1: weird because you know at the same time that like all the Avengers are fighting yeah. the two of Thanos' goods back in yeah. New York. Yeah. And you're like, Can we why are we not why, acknowledging yeah. why why can we talk about the elephant it's in the so room?
0: Fucking, it's such a great like side movie. Yeah. To the it is a really action. interesting
1: Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, expansion yeah. film. Um what the fuck are we talking about? No, really, there's a lot of um Everybody lives. Eddie's wife is there. She um, is and everyone thinks this party is a bad idea. And she, she's like, You're a shit. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a scene where there's raw audio. Like, it's clear that he's using, yeah. like, un- uncleans, which I'm sure the sound people were like, John, you're fucking killing us, dude. <laughs> fucking nightmare. <laughs> which I think is what. I do <laughs> can't understand what a word anyone is fucking saying
0: in this movie. <laughs> which is what it sounds so he like. He goes
1: too. out into the street and it's raining and he knows that she's going to be there soon. And he. Um, a guy comes out and he's like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And you hear traffic, and it's just so clear that like he's like, "I'm not worried. It doesn't matter what anyone's saying," yeah. which I think is admirable. I think it's cool that he makes this decision. Also, I think movies sounded better in the '70s because of the analog. We're saying,
0: yeah, because you're just saying that because we're on vinyl. What? Because we were just on vinyl. I was just on vinyl. Yeah. The show? No, I mean the the, the audio. Okay. The I so I know
1: I just I do think <laughs> the movies Then sounded more like Real life Like everything with Digital now is so clean That there's something Nice about hearing Like the track And I don't know I just I, I like the sound Of this movie a lot Yeah And I don't I mean, generally Have that reaction I
0: was a fan of the opera And then I was like Where'd it go
1: Um so mabel comes home too soon sees everyone that nick has thrown out of his party which he didn't want to do he wanted his mom to do it but he did it and they're all like bye mabel it's so good to see you i'm ted's wife we met one time four (laughs) years ago and like i know you just got out of an institutionalized situation but hey let me know what you need okay thanks bye And uh, you watch Nick watching this in one of these great moments where you're hearing the dialogue. It's,
0: it's good. We didn't talk sound. about also, yeah, about how cringeworthy so many of these scenes are. So cringeworthy. Yeah, like, but, like in it, but in good ways. But Well, yeah, in the sense, obviously, they're filmed brilliantly and kind of right. executed amazingly. Right. Uh, but yeah, so everybody kind of leaves and then it's just kind of the immediate family She begins talking about obviously how horrible the institution was about electroshock therapy. This
1: scene is a fucking the scene that follows when the family's all together is a masterpiece. Yeah, it is is great, amazing because everyone gathers together. Um,
0: The father also um, I forget exactly they have like an exchange that's kind of interesting, right? Where he tries to kind of like protect her, or he um, I forget he like gets up. So before,
1: so so kind of what happens is they all gather together around the table to eat. And, um, Peter Falk gives a toast, like everything's going to be better and better and better and whatever the case is. Um, and the second Mabel tries to do anything, he keeps being like, just be yourself. Like he keeps interrupting her to stop her from engaging. Like she wants to talk, she wants, she wants to say everyone's name and then she wants to sing, I think. And, or no, or play a game. And he keeps being like, no, we're not going to play games. Like, we're just going to talk, like, about the weather.
0: Yeah. And she, yeah. And then at some point he, yeah, because she's at the, uh, for the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes of it, she's very quiet quiet, Quiet. and uh, just obviously not herself. She
1: says, like, something like, um, I I wrote down that she's stammering herself. And then she doesn't really become herself.
0: herself until she starts talking about Tina's ass. Which oh I, yeah Which so I found goes, hilarious She goes Oh my god I, Yeah it's so funny Because <laughs> they walk into the kitchen she, and Yeah you she hear goes into the like,
1: kitchen And you're like Oh my god Tina Your ass is so t- big And, and everyone's like, like, like Sitting around like Yeah it's raining out And she's like Did you see her ass Did you see And
0: she's like five times Tina
1: And like, someone's like Don't worry Tina's about the ass And then uh, Mrs. Longetti Is like We all have big asses <laughs>
0: Well then Tina sits down and she's like I know I have a big ass I, I know I, I have a big I ass know, It's actually hilariously funny Yeah and she's like Oh my god But this is another thing And Nick's kind of like Don't talk it's also a little bit like
1: that like mm, that's what's again but the craziness was, like like she's just honest she just says what's on her mind and like i don't think he's comfortable with that because i think he's a shame full of full of shame and that
0: guy. Am, am i wrong but this is like the this is like the first moment in the scene where she like acts like herself yes and right. he and, loses his mind and and kind like, of,
1: we can't talk about this yeah.
0: and this is uh, like when she like again kind of becomes herself again
1: Yes. And when he loses his mind in this moment, interestingly, it never cuts to Mabel. It cuts to everyone else at the table and it cuts to the kids looking at him like.
0: And again, another cringe-worthy scene. Yeah,
1: it's woof. It's really, really painful. You just keep seeing be yourself. But we only watch him when he loses his mind here.
0: I think this is this also the the moment when he walks away with her in the from the table and it's like they're like in silhouette. It's like such a beautiful scene. Yeah, you can the, be yourself. You can be a Well they're yeah, in yeah. the shadows, and then they kind of like again it's in like an intense close-up, but they're in the shadows. So all you see is like their silhouettes and then You could tell like they're kissing or embracing. And it's like this beautiful moment where these shadows are like melting into one another. And then you hear everyone talking. Yeah. And And then they're talking and then it cuts to the group again.
1: And they're all kind of standing there like listening to this. And you're like, this is so painful. So one thing that's interesting in this moment is they're around the table and... Nick is kind of berating her And she turns to her dad And says Will you stand up for me And he stands That's up That's what he says And yeah. she's like No I don't mean stand up You dumb fuck And like it's an amazing moment Because all the women Know what's going on yeah. All the women around the table Are like Are you fucking serious Right like, They all kind of feel for her In this moment Yeah But like the men
0: Are kind of clueless the, yeah. yeah but are also Making also, the decisions Yeah
1: So He gets it Like then she goes And dances in the living room and she's kind of dancing around And Nick's like Cut it out And this is when Fred Daper's like, oh, I should probably defend my defend her. Like he gets up and he's like, leave my daughter alone. And he's clearly really uncomfortable up to this point. There's a moment earlier yeah. where she goes to kiss him, and he's like, go be with your mother.
0: Yeah, he's uh, not a good dad. Not a good dad. Yeah. No surprise. And then he gives her a sip of beer. He's like, here, take a sip of beer.
1: Oh, does he? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> just call back to the. Why do I believe scenes. everything that you say?
0: I just have that uh Thanos that kind of face. <laughs> a Thanos face. I have uh the honesty gem. Oh. Uh, does it make one honest? What does it do? It just makes everybody believe.
1: Oh, wow! We uh, this is going. This
0: is going places. <laughs> we're, so like, uh, we're an hour and a half in. <laughs> we're yeah. We are. This is uh. We're, oh 145? wow longer
1: than the movie. Amazing. Amazing. So, so
0: everybody leaves except
1: Mabel. Mabel. Nick, Nick. Nick and the kids. And the children.
0: And then they. Uh, she continues to dance. He hits her again. He hits her. She's on the ground. because is a pos.
1: Well before that She runs into the kitchen Into the kitchen And cuts herself Oh yes and cuts
0: herself But do we uh, Do we see how No she doesn't
1: But it's a pretty unfucking flinching moment She comes in and she's bloody Also kind of a Too Late Blues reference She runs into the other room And cuts herself Like at the end of Too Late Blues But there's a lot more Nuance to it here How do you feel about the cutting? Uh in the sense that like do you feel like it was a this is a moment that verges on melodrama for you, maybe not in the execution, but in the decision. Yeah,
0: no, no no no. I, I yes. I think I think so. One thing about this scene also that I, I kind of um and again, I don't know if it was played for laughs is too strong of a word, but again, this way in which she like just quickly like switches from being like calm and and quiet, like yes. all of a sudden talking about Tina's ass, like in this very kind of manic sort of way. Yeah, like that to me also felt a little. F-
1: oh really? Like, I think that's so fake. well done because everyone else is at the table, and like you hear it happening on screen, you're like, "Here we go again." Yeah,
0: I just wanted, to, I just, I wanted that to feel more of a buildup. But it is, I like, it is, I guess, I guess. I, I don't really think he traffics in yeah. build ups
1: at least in the same way that other filmmakers. Right.
0: Do. Yeah. Um. But again, I think so. She cuts herself. He hits her. The kids are like freaking the fuck out. Yeah, like, they, don't they mom. actively hate him at yeah, this moment. Like, don't, and I don't he, think and he does this weird thing, right, where he like oh he keeps trying to drag them upstairs. Put them to bed, but they keep running back they down. And she's b- to laying to on the her. ground. Yeah.
1: Um but then, kind of inexplicably,
0: everything like resolves. Everything itself.
1: they put the kids to bed, and then she turns to him. She's like, I'm kinda nuts. Yeah.
0: And then he's like, Yeah, you kinda are. He's like you're a broad, and like, then they clean crazy broad.
1: and then they clean up, and like the credits and the movie starts playing. And start then to this play.
0: fucking crazy ass like m- like music starts playing. Does it
1: make you think about the ending of Faces? Because it makes me think about the ending of Faces.
0: It does, but I it, don't
1: think this has happened before. Let me be clear. But you, i want to talk think about that a too. regularity too.
0: But it also made me really be disappointed in the final. Like I felt like this was a masterpiece, except for like the last like two minutes.
1: Can you call this movie a masterpiece? There's too many strange threats. I like, was oh, just saying you hate that word. I don't like it because I don't... I think John Cassavetes would be like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, and then he'd probably smack me.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, that's a separate thing. The ending is be- bewildering in some ways. But is it
0: bewil- why is it bewildering? I don't know. Because it ends on a really optimistic note. Because he also says something like, tomorrow's going to be a lot better. He does say that, but he said already said
1: that once in the movie. Everything from here on out is going to be better and better and better. So, do
0: you think the music then is just kind of supposed to be taken sarcastically or like ironically? You mean like, is he commenting on what's going on? Well, that it's again that it's like again, as you said, like oh, this has happened so many times before. You, you,
1: if you read this as a movie that's about work and domesticity and parenting, and maybe the reality that like I, I hate to say, but like. Uh, there's all this value placed on his job because it's the way that they make money. And there's a lot less value placed on like the running of the home. And there's a different movie here that, that Cassavetes did not make about him learning to be a parent, like a parent in like a running of a home kind of way, so to speak. So like the movie ending with them being like, she was like, well, I cut myself and you slap me and now the kids are bad. And now we have to clean up the house. It almost feels like, well, we just have to do this stuff. Like there's almost like a, like life goes on kind of quality too. I'm not suggesting that, yes. that that's the right ending, but it is an ending uh, No, of it a is. kind. But it, a provocative but, one. But
0: it also struck me as being rather like joyful almost, because again, like they put the kids to bed there's happiness, even if obviously you could tell it's going to be like a temporary happiness. But also her whole thing of like, oh, I'm crazy. And he's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and then yeah. also of like tomorrow's going to be better. And I don't think I agree that I, I don't think you're supposed to be ta- to take it as simple um, face value. Yes. Like, like OK, everything from now on, everything like it's totally everything's happy coming indie. up roses. But I did feel that it did tie up a little bit too neatly. Sure. And then too much. I think of it like on an up note. That's a an- beat note.
1: Yeah, I don't I mean, I wish I could speak to I didn't get to that part of that book yet, but I do wish I could speak though I don't that book's not gonna provide answers. It's just gonna provide the it's opinion of kind of like a wacky professor yeah. from BU. <laughs> um It is a challenging It there's a lot of relief though. Do you think he just intends mm-hmm. to relieve the audience? Or relieve Mabel or give Mabel a break?
0: Give Mabel a break. I mean, also
1: it's might speak a little bit about I'm not If there's an element of this movie that's about mental health, right, and oftentimes movies about mental health will be like, oh, I went to the hospital and then I got better. It's like this movie might have a much more realistic assessment of that without being super self-aware of the reality of what a mental illness is. You know, maybe it's a little bit of a statement on like, okay, well, this bad thing happened. The cutting herself doesn't feel super motivated uh, within the context of what's
0: preceded. Like hurting, the, yeah, the, the, like she the doesn't seem like somebody who might do that.
1: I don't know if I can say that, but it, it there's n- well, this is a hard thing to talk about because it's such a dated movie, and I don't know anything about these issues. Like I can't watch it and go like, "Oh, this is a classical case case of X or Y," but well, it again, does feel like a dramatic jump.
0: Yeah, and then I think, but I think also the cutting herself also does give credence to people earlier saying, "Oh, she's dangerous," right? Which kind of again which is also why there's a false note to it. Because again, I think you're supposed to take it as she's actually not dangerous, but if she's willing to cut herself, that potentially she is a danger to herself. And that was like, I don't, I don't like, why would it end? Then why would here? it be like, wow, I'm real crazy. Yeah. Do you think it's about and denial? Uh, is it about denial?
1: I mean, he's in denial about a lot of things. He's in denial about his own bullshit. Does Cassavetes
0: do irony? I think there's, there's some irony in many Moskowitz. Especially again in the in the allusion to two thousand and one.
1: I mean, is all of husband's irony? No, <laughs> I don't think so either. But I think there's a reading of that movie where it's like we're not meant to sympathize or care about these guys. Yeah, so I, I'm, I
0: meant the irony in the sense of like his use of music at the end, where it's like a very kind of well, you heavy-handed. Kind of,
1: you kind of commented that the music throughout adds a heavy, intentionally a self-aware heavy-handedness with the operatic stuff. Yeah, and then there's that weird guitar like when she's waiting for the bus kind of like that earthy wooden yeah, guitar thing yeah. and you're like what the fuck is this doing
0: here i just and, and again this is so reading it in in the carney light that this is definitely a film that ends on a on a note of uh reconciliation a rebirth yeah kind of totally without mm. question did we talk about that um and do we feel it's unearned those stanley that stanley cavell book if i remember what it's called now but he's also kind of like very much about cassavetes no no he he wrote a book about um like those comedies of uh remarriage mm. like the philadelphia story for example oh no and it just kind of reminded me al- also because this guy cavell was kind of influenced by uh the pragmatist tradition but it also reminded me of and it's funny too because carney does not cite him in his book and I was oh, like
1: shit, academic shoes. Uh,
0: come at me. Um so I was like, Oh, that's really interesting because again, if you're gonna think about some of these films and moments of like having like moments of, like rebirth, remarriage, right. reconciliation. Like this is one of those films, it's just like many in Moscow, it's kind of like ends on them kind of like developing but in a much clearer way way, yeah yeah. but also i mean they're fucking they're making their bed they're literally making like the 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 marriage bed and like i mean it's a big jump
1: to go from i'm gonna cut myself and you're gonna slap me in the face to like making the bed together so and i can understand why you could watch you could watch this movie and be like what grossed out by the ending of it um and grossed out by the movie in general i mean i'm not sure that like
0: you know. you know, Richard Dreyfuss said that he, uh, he saw this and it made him vomit or something.
1: Richard Dreyfuss? Yeah. yeah. Whatever, Mr. Holland. Oh, wow. Jeez. Take that. Coming out of nowhere. Sorry, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help it. It wasn't quite such, an such opus.
0: Such venom.
1: Um, venom, another great movie. Oh, totally. Um, well... I think this is a pretty incredible movie. I fucking despite loved it, despite the ending. I know I loved it, the, and I don't even mind that that much. But I, I would wonder if
0: loved it.
1: I would like to talk to like a mental health professional and to see if this is a movie that they would be like. Bleh.
0: Yeah, again, I think they didn't do any... um
1: Real research? Yep. Um, Another movie I want to... Because the the Carney book, one of the best things about that chapter of the Carney book is how he talks about Cassavetti's working with actors and the process of acting being like an organic, collaborative... Like He really fostered an environment of like collaboration on set and all these things. And there's this really great movie that I don't know if it relates to this film, but I think everyone should see it um, that cares about movies. It's called Taxiplasm.
0: Whoa, what a title.
1: It is amazing. It's um, by William Greaves, who um, was a really interesting um, filmmaker. He's African-American. He made a variety of sort of PSAs and f- documentaries and films through like the 50s, 60s, 70s. And them um, Taxi He it's a Criterion film. It's on the Criterion Collection. Um, he basically hired a crew to film a really cliche couple fight couple fighting like scripted scene in central park and then he hired a film crew to film that film crew uh. and then another film crew to film everything else going on and then and then so that's a big chunk of the film and he's like re, he's he plays the he's the director in the film and he plays this kind of like fumbling idiotic sexist character yeah. Yeah, like and so you're kind of watching this like what the fuck is this guy doing and then throughout the film it cuts to his crew having like a conversation privately like yo there's something wrong with this guy and you don't know what's real and you don't know uh. what's fake and it is like it's like kind of a i mean that, to is me, it a masterpiece i think like? it is in the sense that like it really plays with the form and challenges what the form can be and i think that like there aren't as i don't love movies about artists making art necessarily because i think that that can get really tired but what i do love is movies that like play with those things in ways that are interesting and speak to the form in ways that are and I think that like it'd be really great if someone could make a movie about John Cassavetes making make movies a movie. in a way that like was authentic and truthful to what it is. And this is one of the few movies that deals with filmmaking and like a challenging or art making in general yeah. and a, and all right well um I yeah I think it's a great movie. Better uh, than Blue Notes? Uh, well, I mean Let's not go crazy here. Definitely better than the house that Jack built. Uh,
0: all right. Yeah. Well,
1: on that note, should we should we wrap it up? We just, should.
0: All right. Well, this. If you've stayed with yeah, us, for not the too bad. Are you guys awake? Run, um. This is for all of our uh, one fan.
1: This is this is for you, Keith. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm Le- I'm I was Liam Billingham.
0: And I still I think might be George Fragopoulos, but I'll, I'll get back to you on this that. This wasn't Uber Busters. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Is that what you're asking James for? Franco. We'll talk about him later. <laughs>